Hello, everyone. Welcome to Van Chicagoland Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Castanis, and this is episode 61, season three. Today's date is September 21st, 2021. Uh, we have an interesting show coming up. I'm glad you could join me. Uh, right now, we're going to go into a little break, and I'm going to play the introduction of The Funny Company, that cartoon series that uh, debuted in 1963, and it was shown frequently on Garfield, Goose, and Friends on WGN-TV Channel 9. So here we go. We have a company that you can join for free. And kids in every neighborhood belong. It's the funny company, cause it's just for fun, you see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I am back. I hope you enjoyed uh, that little song from The Funny Company. Uh, I mentioned, I talked about the, the Funny Company on a previous podcast episode. You can find them on, uh, of course, my podcast. Uh, if you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, and also uh, you can find them on my YouTube channel, which is under Van Chicago Land Stories. Uh, yeah, I, I upload them every, uh, every time I record a podcast. So if you can find it, uh, it'd be easy. Like I said, it'd be easy to find. If not, you just, uh, send me a message and ask any questions. I'd be happy to help you. Okay. Today we're going to talk about three things. Uh, one, the first thing I'm going to talk about is wacky packages. Uh, anyone who grew up in the seventies, would remember these fondly. Uh, they were collectible cards, trading cards. Uh, they were more popular than baseball cards uh, that the Topps company made. And uh, I wrote a story about uh, my memories of Wacky Packages, and it was published on my blog, fanchicagoland.blog, on June 19th, 2019. If you go to my blog and go down to the bottom, and there's a search box, and type in Wacky Packages, you will see the story. I'm sorry, the story will bring uh, will come up, and then you can read it. I hope you enjoy it. So uh, I'll talk about a little bit of history of Wacky Packages. Uh they they began in 1967, and uh, there weren't that many. Uh, those are very collectible, and uh, they uh, they were there from 67, then 69, and then they just and then they returned in 1973, and then it took. They were released widespread, and they were and then they the popularity just took off. They had some uh, wonderful uh, cartoonists and comic artists that. Uh, that drew the uh, the cartoons on the cards. Uh, for example, there was 
Kim Deitch, George Evans, Drew Friedman, Bill Griffith, Jane Lynch, Norman Saunders, Art Spinkelman, uh, Bob Stewart, and Tom Sutton. And they were spoofed by well-known brands uh, you saw in the store, in your grocery stores. Um, famous, uh, you know, logos and brands that uh, you went shopping with your mother or yourself. And uh, and the uh, funny things about the two of the cards were pulled from the uh, production after when they were released in 67, one was Cracked Animals. I think it was the uh, Animal Crackers and Rats Crackers, which was Ritz Crackers. And then then they had Moron, Moron Salt, which was Morton Salt, and it was replaced by the Jolly Mean Giant, not the Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they, had, uh, they had Good and Empty, Based on the candy, good and plenty, you know, and then, uh, but the, there were two of them that were not released as cards. One was Mixwell Hearst Coffee, which was Maxwell House Coffee, and Mule Burrow Cigarettes, which, of course, were Marlboro Cigarettes. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of my, uh, about me collecting them or how I noticed it. When I was in grammar school, a Korea's elementary school, which was a Greek, uh, Greek school. I learned Greek and, of course, English. It was a, a private school. I was on the school bus and I noticed uh, a kid. He had uh, stickers on his uh, notebook, notebook binder and on his book. And I'm, and it caught my eye. And, uh, my God, I had to get that. You know, when I see something colorful or very intrigued by seeing this, I, I have to have it. So, Luckily, I asked the kid, where did you get them? And I said, I got them at the drugstore, and they're out. So you go to the counter, and they had them on display. And I said, okay. So uh, the first time I saw them was, I lived at Roseland at the time, in the early 70s. And uh, we lived on Michigan Avenue. And uh, there was a Kresge's uh, uh, five-a-dime store right next to Gately's People's Store. And I did see them. And I asked my mother, can I buy them? And uh, reluctantly, she did. Uh, she thought it was the ugliest thing she ever saw. Anything that's unusual to her, it's ugly. And Okay, so she get, she bought a couple packs, and uh, I opened them up. And, uh, oh, they were so cool. you know. And they came with a, a piece of bubble gum. Which I, I love bubble gum. And uh, the ones I remember were... On the top of my head was uh, Quacker Oats from Quaker Oats. Uh, there was Koduck, which was Kodak. So I'll read a few things. Uh, I have a checklist that's on the story on my blog, and there was uh, I'll read some that you might remember. There was Jello de- de- Desert, which was Jello Dessert. Gadzuka Gum, which is Bazooka. Uh, Six Up, which was Seven Up. Weekies breakfast cereal, which is Wheaties, uh, crust toothpaste, which was crust, grave train, which was gravy train, the dog food, uh, Mrs. Clean, which was Mr. Clean, a minute lice, which was minute rice. <laughs> so terrible. Skimpy peanut butter, skimpy, of course, horrid deodorant, which was arid deodorant. I haven't seen arid in a while. I don't know if it's still around. I have to go to visit a drugstore. 
Uh, there was Liptorn Soup, which was Lipton. Uh, Fink Beverage was uh, a drink called Wink that came out in the late 60s and early 70s. It was Wink, so they called it Fink. And uh, Cover Ghoul, which was Cover Girl. Vice Joy Cigarettes, which uh, from the cigarettes, Viceroy. Hostage Cake was Hostage Cakes, which was Hostess Cakes. And Cook Aid, which was from Kool Aid. And Tide Detergent, which sounds the same. It's like a homonym, but it's spelled T I E D, not T I D E. And there was uh, Mutt's Juice, which was Mott's Apple Juice, and Band Ache Strips, which was Band Aid. Okay. So, anyway, uh, I started collecting them, you know, during uh, when I was growing up from the 70s. And I stopped about 1977. And I had about, uh, there was about, I think, 16 series of them, I believe. And uh, I went, I had about, married up to the eighth. And then I stopped because uh, I guess I, I went to, I went to Bogan High School in 1977. I lost interest, you know. And I, I stopped collecting them. But uh, as the cards went, I think I threw them out. You know, I probably did. Or my mother did. I don't remember. And they become very collectible. And then in 1985, they released a limited series. And also in 1991. And, uh, you know, I didn't notice those. You know, didn't pay attention. And then uh, they returned in 2004 with a new set of cards. They're still releasing. You know, but they're they're not as memorable as the first series. You know, it's uh, not as, uh, like I said before, not as memorable. Uh, One day I was in San Diego attending the Comic uh, Con convention, which they have uh, every year. Uh, I was uh, browsing and walking around and I noticed there was a guy. He had written a book about the wacky packages when I saw that book, I immediately bought it. I couldn't help it. And it listed all the all the stickers, even from the ones that were not released, you know, from 1967, 1969. And it's a beautiful book. And it showed the posters. Also, when you collect, uh, collect the cards, uh, they had a jigsaw puzzle in the back. So when you collect them, you uh, put them together and they come out as a one of the Wacky Packages sticker. And... Uh, Oh, before I mention this, because when the new re- new series were released, they didn't include the bubblegum in. I don't know why. I guess I know it because uh, it's bad for your teeth. And uh, so I bought the book in, at Comic-Con, and I still have it. I still read it once in a while, and it's wonderful. So uh, they've been, uh, the, from the original series from 1973 to 77, they've been re- reissued over... Uh, over the years, and uh, but if you have the original ones, they they're collectible item. They're collectible items. Excuse me. So you you would enjoy that. And uh, so they ha- they released some posters. Uh, I never bought one, but uh, they're very cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. So they they're releasing uh, types of series. Very various series of those, uh, like for Halloween, old school comics. You know, there was a comic book uh, series. They released it. Really said, I haven't seen it. I gotta check it out. And uh, so they released uh, all kinds of merchandise: t-shirts, art books, calendars, anything you want. It's great. 
It's one. It's so funny to look at that, and I'm sure a lot of people remember it. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is uh, well, this month in September, I'm celebrating Bozo Circus Month. Uh, uh, the one last thing I haven't done is write a story on my blog about my memories of Bozo Circus. I will do that this week. Uh, get, gather my thoughts and write down. I write it on my computer and have it uh, published on my blogs and share it on my social media accounts. So that would be coming up uh, probably the end of the week or this weekend, time permitted, of course. Anyway, uh, for Bozo Circus Month, I'm going to talk about uh, Don Don Sandberg, who was well-known as Sandy the Clown or Sandy the Tramp. And he he started uh, when Bozo Circus debuted on September 11th, 1961. Uh, the guy who played Bozo was Bob Bell. He knew Bob Bell before he became Bozo because they worked together in Cincinnati and, uh, at a radio station or TV station. And, uh, he was a writer of the show as well. Uh, his character was mute. He did not speak on the show. He was like, uh, Charlie Chaplin or, um, I'm trying to think of other mute, uh, other mute comedians. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, he was he wrote material for a show called Breakfast with Bugs Bunny, uh, but and, but he, Ray Rayner did not host it. It was Dick Coughlin, and then Ray Rayner took over the host uh, later on. Oh, and another mute comedian he based on was Harpo Marx, which he was he's my favorite Marx Brothers. I love him. Second is uh, Groucho. And because he never spoke, his character never spoke. Eventually, uh, Don Sandberg uh, became the producer, and uh, he was uh, somewhat responsible for the creation of the grand prize game. I don't know where he got the idea, probably somewhere in a birthday party or some other show, and uh, they tried it. Uh, I don't know if that the grand prize game was in the first show. I mentioned on a previous podcast that Bozo the Clown was not uh, featured because of uh, some management uh, decision. It's kind of bizarre. I discussed that in a previous podcast. But uh, Bozo the Clown appeared in human form on the second episode. Anyway, um, so uh, then in 1965, they added uh, Larry Harmon, who was the creator of Bozo, added Sandy and Ray Rayner's uh, to the Bozo Clown coloring, coloring books. And he also appeared in local McDonald ads as Ronald McDonald. Interesting. I wish I'd seen that. Uh, he left the show in 1969, Bozo Circus. Uh, but he came back periodically. He did uh, during the 70s, and he left for uh, L.A. And uh, then he got him, and then uh, uh, Fred Silverman, he was a famous uh, programming executive, got him a job as the producer of the Banana Splits, which we, you know, it featured Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snork. I'm just going by the song. (laughs) And and, uh, that show ran for two seasons. And... uh, you know, about Banana Splits, I never saw it originally, but I saw the reruns and they were edited. So uh, the show featured uh, those guys doing all kinds of skits. It was like a parody of Ro- Rowan and Martin's laughing. And uh, 
they played music, just like in The Monkees. They did that. And uh, beginning of the shows, they were filmed, uh, they were in amusement parks. Uh, one one music park, they were at Six Flags Great America in Arlington, Texas. And the second one was at the Coney Island Amusement Park in Cincinnati. Uh, then, uh, so the Banana Splits, I remember, it's famous for their shows and cartoons. There was uh, Danger Island with Chaco. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that featured Jan Michael Vincent in his earlier roles. And uh, like, for example, the cartoons, there was the Arabian Nights, the Three Musketeers. And uh, they showed some Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Uh, I can't think of, you know, I think, uh, I think it was Adamant, um, Squidly Diddly. Those were premiered before in the 60s, but they added it to the uh, syndication. And I used to watch this every day when I came home from school. I love that show. And the mu- and the theme song, you can't get it out of your head. Anyway, so after the Banana Splits was uh, can- uh, canceled, he went to work for New Zoo Review. Now, that was a show that sh- I remember was shown on Channel 32 in the mornings, 1130. And uh give you a little history of that. Uh that started from 72 to 77. It was in syndication, and uh, the hosts were named Doug and Emmy Joe, and they were married in real life. Those were the life humans, and the, the puppets were ba- – and there was Freddy the Frog, Henrietta Hippo, and Charlie the Owl, and uh, it was a fun show. And then uh, they showed um, reruns during the – you know, during the 70s and 80s and uh, in syndication, and uh, – there's there is a clip of it's uncensored <laughs> involves Freddie and uh Charlie L and they were involved in a very uh dirty scene. I want to go into that, but it's been circling on the internet for years. <laughs> you know, that uh that puts a a whole new perspective of children's television. <laughs> Oh well. So um that's was yeah, so Don Sandberg worked as a producer there and uh after that uh I don't know what else he did. I guess he retired and then uh yeah, he worked at Marineland, then he went to the Virgin Islands, he produced shows and then uh sometimes he had Marshall Brodine. He was there, he he performed magic and also Wizzle the Wizard. <coughs> From the Stone of Zanzibar, and uh, and then he returned uh, to play Sandy the Tramp on Bozo's 25th anniversary show. That was in 1986, and uh, sometimes he came back when Roy Brown, who played Cookie the Cook, went sick, and so he filled in for a few times. And then he he did appear on the final Bozo episode on. Uh, July 14, 2001. So he was there, and that's good. I think Cookie the Clown was... No, he Cookie the Clown died. He died a few months earlier. So, And his costume is at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in downtown Chicago. If you're in downtown and visit the museum, they're there. And then he retired and moved to Oregon, and then he died in October 16, 2018. He was 87, and he had Alzheimer's, which was very sad. So he was the last original uh, cast member of Bozo that passed away, and uh, they're all gone now. And it's sad. You know, he was a very talented man, and he made the uh, kids laugh, and 
made kids and, and parents feel good, you know, very great entertainment. Okay. Next thing I will talk about is uh, something unusual. It's the Chicago American newspaper. Um, I don't know much about it, but I remember when I was growing up, there were mentions about it. I've seen pictures. And it was an afternoon newspaper. And uh, it's it ceased publication in 1974, but it was named, it had other names before. So the, the first edition came out on July 4th, 1900. And it was called Hearst Chicago American, which was based on the public, famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst, who was famous, uh, whose life is based on the famous uh, 1941 movie Citizen Kane which is one of the greatest movies of all time. When I was little, I thought it was boring, but when you get older, it's a fascinating film. It's wonderful. You know, it was well made uh, by Orson Welles, so, and he starred in it. So it's um, famous line is Rosebud. So check it out. You can get it on DVD or uh, shown on TCM frequently. You can watch that. Anyway, and then it, after the 1918, he was controlled by gangsters. Oh, boy. And uh, one famous gangster was uh, Bugs Moran. And uh, then, it jo- then the newspaper joined on, in 1932. And, he, and then um, there was pressure from other lenders from the newspaper. They pressured Randolph Hurt, William Randolph Hurst, and he consolidated the, American, the Chicago American with the Herald Examiner in 1939. And it was, and then it it became the Chicago Herald American until 1953, and then it became the Chicago American newspaper, and then it was bought by the Chicago Tribune, and then uh, and then it was renamed again in 1959 as the Chicago American. What are the interesting thing about the Chicago American? I've noticed uh, ever since I got. Started my Facebook page via Chicago Line is they had the TV guides in there and they had the most beautiful colors, beautiful covers, excuse me, uh, color uh, mostly black and white. And the, the TV magazine was called TV Roundup and they're very hard to find. And you can find them on eBay. And I've collected a few of those and posted it on my other Facebook page called Vintage Chicago TV Guides. And, uh, I still see some new ones I haven't seen. I still keep them and then post them on uh, my Facebook page, also Van Chicagoland. And, like, if someone passed away, I would do a tribute to them, and I would show they were featured on a cover. And uh, that went on until, uh, you know, in the afternoon until 1969. And then it converted into the Chicago Today newspaper. And uh, that went on for a few years. And then uh, the last issue was published September 13, 1974. And uh, the Chicago Tribune got many of the writers and staff from that newspaper. And then it became a 24-hour operation. And uh, it was an, it had a very interesting, uh, you know, this newspaper had a very interesting history. So it didn't didn't have subscriptions, and uh, they were a ba- they got their sales based on newspaper stands where people were hawking the newspapers on uh, corners in the Chicago Loop, 
and, uh, you know, extra, extra. I think we're doing that. <laughs> There's competition with Chicago Daily News. That's another newspaper that uh, went out of business. I'll talk about that in another episode. And uh, so it was a very interesting, that was an interesting uh, newspaper that came, that was published during, you know, during all those years in Chicago. And uh, the, originally the, uh, the uh, headquarters of uh, Chicago American was located at 326 West Madison Street. And then in 1961, they moved next to the Tribune Tower. And then they, they would remain there until uh, the demise of the Chicago Today newspaper in 1974. So now the Chicago Tribune is not in the Tribune Tower anymore. They converted the condos. They moved elsewhere. That's just sad, you know, because uh, I've, I've been interviewed on WGN Radio. I've been to the Tribune Tower. It's a gorgeous building. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that architecture. Okay. So that'll be all for today. Uh I'm glad you can join me. It's a very interesting show. I will do another podcast episode uh, this weekend, maybe Saturday, Sunday. I don't know for which day. It depends on my schedule. So uh, we're still celebrating uh, Bozo's Circus Month in September. I will, like I pre- said previously, I will write a story on my blog and share my memories. That will be coming up soon. So uh, this is episode 61, season three of Vanish Chicago Land Stories. I'm your host, Pete Castanis. I'm Thank you for joining me. And uh, so take care, everybody, and bye-bye for now. And here is Ray Rayner saying bye-bye for now. So long, everyone. We have to go. Bye-bye-bye.